Matthew chapter 13, Parables of Jesus. Later that day, Jesus left the house and sat by the lake shore to teach the people. Soon, there were so many people surrounding him that he had to teach, sitting in a boat while the large crowd stood on the shore. He taught them many things by using stories, parables to illustrate spiritual truths, saying, Consider this. There was a farmer who went out to sow seeds. As he cast his seeds, some fell along the beaten path, and the birds came and ate them. Others fell onto gravel that had no topsoil. They quickly shot up, but when the days grew hot, they were scorched and withered because they had insufficient roots. Others fell among the thorns, so when they sprouted, the thorns choked them. But other seeds fell on good, rich soil that kept producing a good harvest. Some yielded 30, some 60, and some even 100 times as much as he planted. If you're able to understand this, then you need to respond. Then his disciples approached Jesus and asked, Why do you always speak to people in these hard-to-understand parables? He explained, You've been given the intimate experience of insight into the hidden mysteries of the realm of heaven's kingdom, but they have not. For everyone who listens with an open heart will receive progressively more revelation until he has more than enough. But those who don't listen with an open, teachable heart, even the understanding that they think they have will be taken from them. That's why I teach the people using parables, because they think they're looking for truth, yet because their hearts are unteachable, they never discover it. Although they will listen to me, they never fully perceive the message I speak. The prophecy of Isaiah describes them perfectly. Although they listen carefully to everything I speak, they don't understand a thing I say. They look and pretend to see, but the eyes of their hearts are closed. Their minds are dull and slow to perceive. Their ears are plugged and are hard of hearing, and they have deliberately shut their eyes to the truth. Otherwise, they would open their eyes to see and open their ears to hear and open their minds to understand. Then they would turn to me and I would instantly heal them. But blissful are your eyes for they see. Delighted are your ears for they are open to hear all these things. Many prophets and godly people yearned to see these days of miracles that you've been favored to see. They would have given everything to hear the revelation you've been favored to hear. Now you are ready to hear the explanation of the parable of the sower. What was sown along the path represents the one who listens to the message of the kingdom but doesn't understand it. The adversary then comes and snatches away what was sown into his heart. 
The one sown on gravel represents the person who gladly hears the kingdom message, but his experience remains shallow. Shortly after he hears it, troubles and persecutions come because of the kingdom message he received. Then he quickly falls away, for the truth didn't sink deeply into his heart. The one sown among thorns represents one who receives the message, but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message, and it becomes fruitless. But what was sown on good, rich soil represents the one who hears and fully embraces the message of the kingdom. Their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as was sown. Then Jesus taught them another parable. Heaven's kingdom can be compared to a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But when everyone was asleep, an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and ran away. When the wheat sprouted and bore grain, the weeds also appeared. So the farmer's hired hands came to him and said, Sir, wasn't that good seed that you sowed in the field? Where did all these weeds come from? He answered, This has to be the work of an enemy. They replied, Do you want us to go and gather up all the weeds? No, he said. If you pull out the weeds, you might uproot the wheat at the same time. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I'll tell my harvesters to gather the weeds first and tie them all in bundles to be burned. Then they will harvest the wheat and put it into my barn. Then Jesus taught them another parable. Heaven's kingdom can be compared to the tiny mustard seed that a man takes and plants in his field. Although the smallest of all the seeds, it eventually grows into the greatest of garden plants, becoming a tree for birds to come and build their nests in its branches. Then he taught them another parable. Heaven's kingdom can be compared to yeast that a woman takes and blends into three measures of flour and then waits until all the dough rises. Whenever Jesus addressed the crowds, he always spoke in allegories. He never spoke without using parables. He did this to fulfill the prophecy, I will speak to you in allegories. I will reveal secrets and have, that have been concealed since before the foundation of the world. Jesus left the crowds and went inside the house where he was staying. Then his disciples approached him and asked, Please explain the deeper meaning of the parable of the weeds growing in the field of wheat. He answered, The man who sowed his field with good seed is the son of man. And the field is the world. The good seeds I sow are the children of the kingdom realm. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest points to the end of this age, and the harvesters are God's messengers. As the weeds are bundled up and thrown into the fire, so it will be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his messengers, 
and they will uproot everything out of his kingdom. All the lawless ones and everything that causes sin will be removed, and they will throw them into the fiery furnace, where they will experience great sorrow and anguish. Then the righteous will shine like the brightness of the sun in their father's kingdom realm. If you're able to understand this, then you'd better respond. Heaven's kingdom realm can be illustrated like this. A person discovered that there was hidden treasure in a field. Upon finding it, he hid it again. Because of uncovering such treasure, he was overjoyed and sold all that he possessed to buy the entire field just so he could have the treasure. Heaven's kingdom realm is also like a jewel merchant in search of rare pearls. When he discovered one very precious and exquisite pearl, he immediately gave up all he had in exchange for it. Again, heaven's kingdom realm is like a fisherman who casts his large net into the lake, catching an assortment of fish. When the net was filled, the fishermen hauled it up on the shore and they all sat down to sort out their catch. They collected the good in baskets and threw the bad away. And so it will be at the close of the age. The messengers will come and separate the evil from among the godly and throw them into the fiery furnace where they will experience great sorrow and anguish. Now do you understand all this? Yes, they replied. He responded, Every scholar of the scriptures who is instructed in the ways of heaven's kingdom realm is like a wealthy homeowner with his house filled with treasures both new and old. Right after Jesus taught this series of parables, he left from there. When Jesus arrived in his hometown of Nazareth, he began teaching the people in the synagogue. Everyone was dazed, overwhelmed with astonishment over the depth of revelation they were hearing. They said to one another, Where did this man get such great wisdom and miraculous powers? Isn't he just the craft, the craftsman's son? Isn't his mother named Mary and his four brothers Jacob, Joseph, Simon, and Judah? And don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? From where then did he get all this revelation and power? And the people became offended and began to turn against him. Jesus said, There's only one place a prophet isn't honored. His own hometown. And their unbelief kept them from doing kept him from doing many mighty miracles in Nazareth. Matthew chapter 14. At that time, Herod, the Roman ruler over Galilee, heard reports about Jesus. He told his officials, This man has to be John the baptizer who has come back from the dead. That's why he has this power to work miracles. For Herod had earlier arrested John for confronting him for taking the wife of his brother Philip. He had John thrown in prison and placed in chains because John had repeatedly said to him, It's not legal or proper for you to be married to Herodias, your sister-in-law. 
So Herod wanted John dead, but he was afraid of the crowds who flocked to John because they considered him to be a prophet. During Herod's birthday celebration, the daughter of Herodias danced before Herod and all his distinguished guests, which greatly pleased the king. So he said to her in front of them all, I give you my oath, ask of me anything you wish, and it will be yours. Because she had been instructed by her mother, she said, I want the head of John the baptizer here on a platter. This grieved the king, but because of his oath in front of all of his guests, he had John beheaded in prison. They brought in his head and displayed it to her on a platter, and she then had it shown to her mother. John's disciples went into the prison and carried his body away and buried it. Then they left to find Jesus and tell him what had happened. On hearing this, Jesus slipped away privately by boat to be alone. But when the crowds discovered he had sailed away, they emerged from all the nearby towns and followed him on foot. So when Jesus landed, he had a huge crowd waiting for him. Seeing so many people, his heart was deeply moved with compassion toward them. So he healed all the sick who were in the crowd. Later that afternoon, the disciples came to Jesus and said, It's going to be dark soon, and the people are hungry, but there's nothing to eat here in this desolate place. You should send the crowds away to the nearby villages to buy themselves some food. They don't need to leave, Jesus responded. You can give them something to eat. They answered, But all we have is five barley loaves and two fish. Let me have them, Jesus replied. Then he had everyone sit down on the grass, and he then took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up into heaven, gave thanks to God, and broke the bread into pieces. He then gave it to his disciples, who in turn gave it to the crowds. And everyone ate until they were satisfied, for the food was multiplied in front of their eyes. They picked up the leftovers and filled up twelve baskets full. There were about five thousand men who were fed, in addition to many women and children. As soon as the people were fed, Jesus told his disciples to get into their boat and to go to the other side of the lake while he stayed behind to dismiss the people. After the crowds dispersed, Jesus went up into the hills to pray, and as night fell, he was there praying alone. But the disciples who were now in the middle of the lake ran into trouble, for their boat was tossed about by the high winds and heavy seas. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them, walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, A ghost! Then Jesus said, Be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. Peter shouted out, Lord, 
if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. Come and join me, Jesus replied. So Peter stepped out onto the water and began to walk toward Jesus. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened and started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, What little faith you have. Why would you let doubt win? And the very moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. Then all the disciples bowed down before him and worshipped Jesus. They said in adoration, You are truly the Son of God. After they crossed over and landed at Gennesaret, the people living there quickly recognized who he was. They were quick to spread the news throughout the surrounding region that Jesus had come to them. So they brought him all their sick, begging him to let them touch the fringe of his cloak, and everyone who touched it was instantly healed. Matthew chapter 15 Then the Pharisees and religious scholars came from Jerusalem and asked Jesus this question. Why do your disciples ignore the traditions of our elders? For example, they don't ceremonially wash their hands before they eat bread. Jesus answered, And why do you ignore the commandment of God because of your traditions? For didn't God say, Honor your father and mother, and whoever abuses or insults his father or mother must be put to death? But you teach that it's permissible to say to your parents when they are in financial need, Whatever gift you would have received from me, I can keep for myself since I dedicated it as an offering to God. This doesn't honor your father or mother, and you have elevated your tradition above the words of God. Frauds and hypocrites, Isaiah described you perfectly when he said, These people honor me only with their words, for their hearts are so very distant from me. They pretend to worship me, but their worship is nothing more than the empty traditions of men. Then Jesus turned to the crowd and said, Come, listen and open your heart to understand. What truly contaminates a person is not what he puts into his mouth, but what, but what comes out of his mouth. That's what makes people defiled. Then his disciples approached him and said, Don't you know that what you just said offended the Pharisees? Jesus replied, Every plant that my heavenly Father didn't plant is destined to be uprooted. Stay away from them, for they are nothing more than blind guides. Do you know what happens when a blind man pretends to guide another blind man? They both stumble into a ditch. Peter spoke up and said, 
Will you explain to us what you mean by your parable? Jesus said, Even after all that I've taught you, you still remain clueless? Is it hard to understand that whatever you eat enters the stomach only to pass out into the sewer? But what comes out of your mouth reveals the core of your heart. Words can pollute, not food. You will find living within an impure heart evil ideas, murderous thoughts, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lies, and slander. That's what pollutes a person. Eating with unwashed hands doesn't defile anyone. Then Jesus left and went north into the non-Jewish region of Lebanon. He encountered there a Canaanite woman who shouted out to him, Lord, son of David, show mercy to me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. But Jesus never answered her. So his disciples said to him, Why do you ignore this woman who is crying out to us? Jesus said, I've only been sent to the lost sheep of Israel. But she came and bowed down before him and said, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, It's not right for a man to take bread from his children and throw it out to the dogs. You're right, Lord, she replied, but even puppies get to eat the crumbs that fall from the prince's table. Then Jesus answered her, Dear woman, your faith is strong. What you desire will be done for you. And at that very moment, her daughter was instantly set free from demonic torment. After leaving Lebanon, Jesus went to Lake Galilee and climbed a hill nearby and sat down. Then huge crowds of people streamed up the hill, bringing with them the lame, blind, deformed, mute, and many others in need of healing. They laid them at Jesus' feet, and he healed them all. And the crowds marveled with amazement, astounded over the things they were witnessing with their own eyes. The lame were walking, the mute were speaking, the crippled were made well, and the blind could see. For three days, everyone celebrated the miracles as they exalted and praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I care deeply about all these people, for they've already been with me for three days without food. I don't want to send them away fasting, or else they may be overcome by weakness on their journey home. The disciples said to him, Where in the world are we going to find enough food in this desolate place to feed this crowd? How many barley loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. So he gave the order, Have the people sit down on the grass. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks to God. 
he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples, who then distributed the food to the crowds. When everyone was full and satisfied, they gathered up the leftovers, and from what was once seven loaves and a few fish, they filled seven baskets. There were 4,000 men who ate the food Jesus multiplied, and even more, including the women and children. After dismissing the crowd, Jesus got into the boat and crossed over to the region of Magdala. Thank you.